my friends in Christ. It's the first Sunday of summer, and we can be forgiven, I think, if we came to Mass this morning hoping we'd get something maybe a little light and breezy in the scripture readings, something reassuring and not too demanding. Instead, we got a full court press. The reading from Jeremiah was all about terror, denunciation, vengeance. And the gospel reading was deadly serious too. With Jeremiah, we never get light fair. Jeremiah's very name is a synonym for plotting and persecution, for destruction and doom. Jeremiah's call came while he was in his mother's womb. He was a marked man from the start. Nothing was ever easy for Jeremiah. God kept putting words into his mouth, words that got him into trouble. Again and again, he railed against the kings and the people of Israel for their repeated unfaithfulness to God, threatening them with, with famine, plunder, conquest, exile, because they had abandoned the covenant. They had engaged in the worship of false gods. No wonder people didn't like Jeremiah. They plotted against him. They even conspired to kill him. No wonder his prophetic utterances and outbursts sound almost paranoid. I hear the whisperings of many. Let us denounce him. All those who are my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. And no wonder either that Jeremiah turned on his persecutors, asking God to put them to utter shame and confusion, to take vengeance on them, to destroy them. All of that is quite understandable. Maybe not very edifying, but certainly human. But if we compare Jeremiah with another persecuted prophet, I'm thinking here about Jesus, Jeremiah comes up short. There's a stark difference between Jeremiah's anguished and angry attacks on his persecutors and the way Jesus dealt with his persecutors. Jesus, who remained silent before his accusers, refusing even to strike back. Jesus, who had being nailed to the cross, prayed those amazing words, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And the words of Jesus from today's passage in Matthew's Gospel, words he spoke to the Twelve before sending them out on mission, those words are in marked contrast to Jeremiah too. Jesus had warned his friends that the message they would preach was going to cause them to be dragged before the civil authorities, manhandled and beaten. Even so, he told them, even so, they should not lose hope because God had the very hairs on their head numbered. No need then to fear those who kill the body because they cannot kill the soul. You see then what I mean by the sharp contrast between Jeremiah and Jesus. Both were prophets, both had been called by God from their mother's womb, and both suffered the fate of prophets for speaking truth to power. But Jesus took the prophet's calling to a whole new level, didn't he? Jesus blessed his persecutors. He proclaimed the persecuted and the peacemakers, the merciful and the mourners to be blessed, heirs of the kingdom of heaven. 
How could Jesus say such things, call such people blessed? Only, I think, because he first knew those very blessings himself. He whose relationship with his Father was his anchor, his peace that could not be disturbed, no matter what sort of hatred and persecution swirled around him. All of this puts me in mind of another prophet, a modern one, who in his fight against the terrible evils and injustices of racism faced brutal opposition, constant threats, and physical violence. I'm thinking of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In one of his memorable speeches, the one he gave in Memphis only a day before he was cut down by the assassin's bullet, Dr. King sounded a lot like Jesus, not so much like Jeremiah, as he instilled hope in people and kept a dream alive. His words, I'm happy tonight. I just want to do God's will. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter because I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That image of being to the mountaintop nicely connects Dr. King with Jesus, who proclaimed his gospel of peace on the Mount of Beatitudes, and who was gloriously transfigured, fired up for his mission on a mountaintop. But my friends, what does all this talk of prophets have to do with you and me? It has everything to do with you and me. We have all been called to be prophets, anointed as prophets at our baptism, at our confirmation. And living out that prophetic calling is really our life's work as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. And a steep climb it can be at times, especially when we have the courage of our convictions and are not afraid to espouse unpopular positions or to use our voice for those who have no voice, to stand up for what is right. In these days especially, to stand in solidarity with our black sisters and brothers, denouncing discrimination based on race or color of one's skin, demanding justice for them and redressing the centuries, the centuries of wrong. So yes, our call to be prophets can be a steep climb. But why should we get off any easier than Jesus or Dr. King or Jeremiah for that matter? And don't forget that we too have been to the mountaintop. We have many times. In fact, every time we gather to celebrate the Eucharist, we are on the mountaintop where we get a glimpse of the promised land and our eyes too get to see the glory of the coming of the Lord. My friends, when we leave this mountaintop this morning, may we have new energy to be the prophets God is calling us to be.